Can Star Trek IV The Voyage Home be the best Star Trek film in all time? Have all time? I think it is. No, not if I have anything to do with it. How dare you? That and more coming up on Counterparts tonight. Good evening, everyone. It is 8 p.m. and it is April 20th, 2021. There's a lot of 20s on there. And uh, we're uh, we're here today. Um, very excited to be here, as we always are. And we have a big show for you for everyone tonight. We got a lot tonight. We we seem like we put we're we're putting so much content into these shows now, and we get it all done. We get it all in there in about an hour. So we appreciate everybody hanging out, and uh, we're gonna be doing a, a lot, a lot of cool things tonight. So, how you doing, George? I am good? actually. Fine and dandy. Wow. Yes. Fine this is one and of the, dandy. This is one of the only few times I've actually been fine and dandy in my life. It only happened like two other times in my life. So Wow. Didn't yes. you uh, weren't part of a, a stripper group called Fine and Dandy <laughs> back in the 80s? We, um, listen, we don't talk about that. Okay. A lot this of mistakes were made in the show. 80s. You know, when you're young, you do crazy things. You do. And, uh, you know. A lot of mistakes were made in the 80s, but I tell you what, this uh, film that we're going to cover today was not one of them. We are super excited to be covering this film because it's one of my favorites. And uh, is it one of the greatest of all time? I think it is one of the greatest. Is it the greatest? Well, that's debatable, but uh, we're going to debate it today. We're going to be talking about it. We have some other uh, other things. We actually have our contest, which is today, finally, right? It's the 20th. We're going to be giving away... These two pins here is a mirror mirror and a mock time pins. Uh, we have all the names that I've uh, uh, cut up and put them into this this hat. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> I got to clean them. Um, we're going to actually get do that at the end of the show. So that's going to be exciting to see who wins. Um, thank you, by the way, everybody who have participated. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be doing this every month. Every month we're going to be giving away something. So next month. We haven't decided yet. We have some ideas, but we'll figure out exactly what we're going to do, and then we'll announce it next week. That's could what be I do a date now. with me, just so you know. It could be. It could be. It could be. It could be one of the uh, the, the worst prizes Dinner ever. Dinner with yours truly. Come on now. Wow. Get some gawk. <laughs> um, so fried Puerto Rican gawk. <laughs> Con sasong. <laughs> yeah, that actually would be pretty good. Yeah, I think that'd be good. You know what? You put sasong on anything, man, even gak, and it'll be it'll taste fine. It'll it's very taste true. Fine. We'll, you know. that this, this year. Absolutely. And we will actually also want to mention that we do have a new logo. Um, and we have a new logo and we have a new merch store, which is uh really, really uh we're really excited about. Um, and in order to get to our merch store, we're gonna actually show it in a little bit. Um, it's actually just the, the website is actually counterpartsmerch.com and you'll be able to get t-shirts and everything with our new logo and supporting the channel. It's really a support thing for us, which we really appreciate everybody out there. Um, and our new logo is right there on the corner. It's all the way over there by George's uh, elbow. I don't know what side you're on George, but yeah, it's right there. So, um, and that's our new logo, so that's exciting. And what else do we got on the uh, on the on the agenda to talk about uh, as far as announcements? Well, I got some people. We've on got here. Star Trek. We've got a uh, Star Trek news that we're going to talk about. We got Star Trek news. We got uh, we got uh, oh okay. Brian Pollock is here. He's like, how about the hat? What's up, Brian? As a giveaway. Hey. <laughs> But my grandfather gave me this hat. <laughs> oh, well. I might be able to give you another hat. <laughs> Maybe this. How hat. about the hat that you're wearing? My, <laughs> I love this hat. This hat is like. Okay. Really... Listen. How about I, I get a hat? You are sacrificing for the good of the show. How much do you love the show, John? Come on now. I think all you guys who think he should give away his hat, chime in. Come on. You know what? When you put it like that, I'm definitely not going to give away my hat. You are just horrible at convincing. That's very true, but 
I convinced my wife to marry me. Yeah, I know. I don't know how you did that. The sedatives. Um, <laughs> all right, folks. Let's uh, let's get the show started here. We're gonna we're gonna jump into some trivia here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, Brian. Thank you very much. Appreciate you and appreciate your comments. Uh, we're gonna be doing your. I think your your name is in here, by the way, Brian. So I'm gonna be shaking that. It could be you. The end of the show, we'll do that. And what else? Let's see. Okay, cool. All right, let's do some trivia. Let's do some trivia. Okay. We, uh, we'll, George always does trivia for us, and then we're going to do the news, and then we're going to jump right into Star Trek for the voyage home. Aha. George, what's our trivia? All right, John. So this is going to be a very simple question. Uh-oh. And, I, and honestly, I think you can get this. I, have I haven't gotten most, one. I know, but I think you can get this one because this I one's going to be a little simpler. Um, I have the utmost confidence in you. Um, I don't have confidence in you when it comes to concert tickets, but I have confidence in you. <laughs> that's a story for the future. That's a, that's a whole nother story in and of itself. <laughs> Ass. But, uh, I love it. I love it. Just stick it right to him. Um, but anyway, so yes, but I do have confidence in you. I think you can get this one. All right. So all right. very simple for all you Trek fans, all you guys. So here it is. In the Trek movies, how many times was the Starship Enterprise and a prize completely destroyed? In Star Trek, in the Star Trek films. Yep. Within all the scope of the films, how many times was the Starship Enterprise completely destroyed? And I got to say, I only, re- I only remember the one that we talked about. Unbelievable. Last you know, week. you are not fit to do this show. I'm taking over. That's <laughs> it. It's done. Strip, strip me of my, my metal. <laughs> Give me that hat. Strip me of your Star Trek metal. Get out of my bridge. I'll wear the hat. <laughs> Remove yourself from my bridge. <laughs> um. Yeah, I only remember Search for Spock. All right, guys. Well, whoever's listening... All you guys, all you fans that are listening, if you know it, just let John know, and we'll see if uh, <laughs> they'll we'll take over the show are. next week because I'm I'm not fit. I am not fit. No, I really don't know. Unless, anyway, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and try to figure it out. I do remember one. I remember one, and I think we spoke about it last week. So you know that's fresh in my mind, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't remember that. But all right, so. We're going to be moving on to the news, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, stay tuned. Counterpart Star Trek News Update with George Batista. He's my cousin. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to get used to that. Um, Thank you, John. This is the Star Trek news segment, which is uh, brought to you by John's goatee. Oh. <laughs> As I, just 100% gluten-free. <laughs> As I put on my readers, because I'm getting old. So just a couple of pieces of information here for uh, Star Trek news. Okay, the first, first uh, this week in Star Trek news, we have some news regarding the new series that's coming out, which is Strange New Worlds. That's right. Okay. Forward to that. So, yes, which is the story of Captain Pike and his crew. So basically, uh, executive producer and showrunner, which I have no idea what that means, but uh, Akira Goldman, okay, he talked a little bit about Star Trek, uh, the, the series, and actually how it's going to be formulated. So it's going to be a little bit different than the way uh, Discovery and Picard goes, because Discovery and Picard are more uh, kind of a long, almost like soap opera type thing where every show runs into the other. So it's more of, you know, just a continuation of every other episode. But Star Trek Strange New Worlds is going to be more along the more is going to be uh, more episodic, as they call it. So it's going to be week to week, which is full falls along the lines of more of the old series uh, as well as next generation Voyager and deep space nine, which every week was a different uh, episode and different adventure. So that's the way uh, star Trek strange new worlds is going to be done as well, which I think I kind of think is cool because I think that um, it, it actually allows for development of the characters. Um, that's what I, yeah. 
on a better in a better scale than if you do it the other way. I don't know how you feel about it, but yeah, I feel the same way. And I, I think that that's what's the the strength of Star Trek has always been in the development of those characters, and that's why we love the characters so much. Uh, when you talk about a lot of series that you know, we talk about sci-fi, other sci-fi pro, you know, um, sh- movies and TV shows. Um, I think the ones that were the most endearing to people that the characters really resonated were the ones that had development that you gave them time to kind of grow and see them make mistakes and recover. And, you know, and that's why Star Trek is so, it's so popular. You know, you look at Star Wars where, you know, um, you know, I know there's a big controversy, you know, not a controversy. I don't think that, that we get that deep into it, but there is that whole idea of uh, Star Wars, the films, you know, there's, there hasn't really been that much development the characters that you see are the characters that we've documented in you know in those uh whatever 10 films and that's pretty much it you know so within that scope is what you have to develop those characters now they did a great job with it right because obviously it's a great thing but you know i think that it's a wonderful thing that they're doing it that they're really um giving those characters more time to breathe and to to really engage with people and i think that's what happened with like enterprise and shows like that where that first season you're kind of like trying to figure it out and then the second season and then by the i think it would only went four seasons but i think the fourth season you really start liking these people you know and knowing them understanding them and that that's a wonderful thing when they do that i agree i agree so that's going to be very very cool and i'm uh, looking forward to seeing that second uh piece of news is I just want to kind of uh, give a shout out, not even a shout out, just a, a mention of the new documentary that's coming out about Nichelle Nichols, yes, uh, which is going to be coming out, and it's called um, it's called <clears throat> Woman in Motion. Uh, this was directed by Todd Thompson, who also directed a show called The Highwaymen, um, and basically this chronics uh, this chron- this chronicles. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, how she helped NASA actually recruit uh, different, you know, different uh, astronauts and different people to the space program. And actually, um, she uh, formed a company called Women in Motion Incorporated and recruited more than 8,000 African-American, Asian and Latino women and men for the agency. So, I mean, talking about changing the world and changing this whole program I never realized how much of a of an effect that she actually had on it. Besides just being on the show, yeah, she actually came out and actually did this whole recruitment campaign, which was amazing, and it changed it forever. It really did, and she created such a tremendous impact just in not just the space program, but just for minorities in general. You right. know, when you in the '60s, you saw someone she's on the bridge of the ship. You know, what I mean, she's she's interacts with everyone. She's part of that team. You know, that was a big thing for, for a lot of uh, black young women, um, you know, in the sixties, you know I mean? Right. And then you go back to one of the episodes, one of your trivia questions uh, a couple of weeks ago, where who was the person that encouraged her to stay on the show when she was considering leaving was Martin Luther King. I mean, my gosh, what an impact did that man have in the world? I mean, he, because of him, she stayed on the show and because of what she did after the show and with her platform, she used it so incredibly that it's just amazing. Um, I do have the the the, the two minute uh, YouTube clip that, um, um, I, you know, maybe we can show it if uh, if if we have it's only two minutes. So I'll show it real mm-hmm. quickly and just so you, you can see what an amazing thing. And then we'll jump right into the show because we only have no, no, not next to the, the thing. So we're good. We're good on time, folks. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to show this because um, she's someone that really has impacted so many women and men and minorities in general that it's just, I think it's fantastic. So let me just play this real quick. She went into it to be an actress, she ended up changing the world. What is a change in society? A change is you cannot even imagine a world any other way. For most of the world, Michelle Nichols is Lieutenant Uhura, pop culture icon. But what they don't know is that she changed the space program forever. The astronaut corps was really kind of the old voice club. It was all white Anglo-Saxon male. Oh, I dreamed of becoming an astronaut, but NASA said that women weren't being considered for the job. The argument was made that there were no qualified black people 
when is America going to put a woman in space? When is America going to put a black person in space? We could have done it if they would just let us. I resented that and decided I was going to do something about it. And she's saying, "Where are my people?" That was the spark that caused NASA to say, "How do we go about this?" I challenged everyone to answer the question, and NASA said, "How about Lieutenant Uhura?" Ms. Nichols has gone from science fiction to science fact. I will bring you so many qualified people. The world will never be the same again. This is your NASA. She went into it to be an actress. She ended up changing the world. I think it's one of the most fantastic stories to be told to the American people. The world got to see that our women are strong. Yes, but they're also smart. We owe a great debt of gratitude to Michelle Nichols. All I can do is think of Michelle Nichols as a force of nature. I said, if they let me in the door, I will open it so wide they will see the world. Awesome, unbelievable. Huh? So there you have it. So um, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's. I'm really looking forward to that. That's on in June. It's going to be yes, streaming in June and on in Paramount. That comes out in June 3rd on Paramount Plus. Um, so looking forward to uh, to seeing that. And just one more piece uh, of news, really quick. Happy birthday to Mr. George Takei, who today turns 84 years old. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! So happy birthday, sir! And uh, that is your Trek news for today. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much, George. Appreciate it. All right. So let us move into this incredible film that uh, I talk a lot about it because I, I think it's just a, a, a really um, a great, just a great, uh, God, you know, it, it's one of those films that it's just, it's just fun to watch. You know what I mean? And it, so I took these characters and put them into these different environments. I just want to acknowledge Frank Maglio, who said that he watched Star Trek because of her. And yeah, she is definitely someone to watch because <laughs> she is fantastic. Um, and she's great in this film, too. You know, she's yeah. uh, she's really um, she's great in, in all of it. And, uh, I love this scene that I put up here on, on the, you know, it's when they first arrived to San Francisco. Um, so basically the premise of this uh, film George Batista cousin um, is I'm going to, I'm just going to read what they have on here from so this way. It'll just give you an idea to save earth from an alien probe. Admiral James T Kirk and his fugitive crew go back in time to San Francisco in 1986 to retrieve the only beings who can communicate with it. Humpback whales. So Leonard Nimoy who directed this film and wrote it, Along with, um, oh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Um, oh, 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 oh. oh, I think that was it. Yeah. I think there's some other writers, but uh, I'll look into that. But um, just really wanted to make a statement here. You know, he wanted to make a statement about the world and the, the condition of the world and how we're kind of doing ourselves in by not taking care of the planet that we live in, right? Um, there's a lot of, that's a whole other controversy stuff about who, what side you are. We're not talking about that. We're talking about taking care of the planet that we're on and making it look nice. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting our clean air and clean water for uh, for humanity, right? And, uh, but we have animals also on this planet and these whales that are really peaceful whales, you know, so they've been hunted down, and in the 21st century, where we are right now, um, they were they went extinct, and they were no more because there's these whalers out there. Is that what they're called? Whalers? I don't yeah, know. whalers. Yeah. Um, and they're out there killing these for food, for oil, for a whole bunch of other things that they used the whales for. And now there are no more. And what ends up happening is uh, actually, you want to take it from there, George, and just take out what happens after that. So basically. <clears throat> the um, the crew of the Enterprise. I mean, the crew of the Enterprise. Well, they are the crew of the Enterprise. They're actually on a stolen Klingon ship because if you saw the movie before, they have no more Enterprise, so they are on their Klingon ship. They're on their way home. This probe is actually um, goes to Earth, 
looking for humpback whales and and wanting an answer to a call of why there are no more whales. Uh, so the problem with this is that the the probes signals are actually dis are destructive. So they're actually destroying the Earth. They're destroying the Earth's oceans. They um, they uh, destroy starships and all these types of things. And no, they and kill the power basically, right? They kill the power. Yeah, they shut the power they down. Everything and everything shuts and, down. And no one can actually a starship can't even get near it. So um, Kirk and his crew have to devise a way to answer this probe. So the uh, of course, Spock at his infinite wisdom comes up with the concept, first of all, realizes that the, the probes transmissions are the songs that are sung by whales. Right. And that so, was what uh, and that was Kirk's again, because Kirk is always kind of thinking, can you let's decipher this sound, you know, and then he changed the frequencies and he did some other stuff that that I don't understand what he was saying. But he they did some stuff. And of course, Spock, uh, they finally figure out figured out that it was the call of whales and he said well can we simulate these sounds to talk to them and he goes well it will sound like gibberish because we don't speak whale we don't right. know we may know the sounds but we don't know how to put them together so they can communicate a message um so they have to figure out well where can we get whales they were only around in the 21st century um and spock is like well theoretically he goes I, I didn't say where I said when, <laughs> you know? right, right. and of course McCoy is like, "No, wait a minute, <laughs> hold on," because he hates he hates a uh, time travel stuff, or or he hates a lot of stuff. <laughs> He's just an ordinary guy. But um, I think that that when Spock kind of comes up with that, you know, it, it's it's weird, right? Because you think of it as so ridiculous. It, it, you know, if you think about it, you know, in a just in the scope of things, you know, but when you watch these guys figure this out, it's totally believable. It these is. are like, these are like the smartest guys that are, that are traveling, traveling through space for all these years through so many different adventures and, and near death experiences and had to figure out things quick. You know, that's what I like about Star Trek. And it makes me kind of want to be that kind of a person that can figure things out quick. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There and there's one scene um, right when there the president of the of, of Starfleet is actually um, he makes the call out that says don't approach Earth because don't come here, something. yo. No, do not this approach Earth, right, yo, yo. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So and then when the message breaks up, Kirk turns around. I I I don't know why I like this scene for some reason, but. Kirk, like he has this look on his face and he turns around and he looks at Spock and McCoy and they're looking at him like, okay, so what do we do? You can tell that like, what are you going to do about this? Right. Right. And then Kirk kind of like puts his hand I like know, this like and, and he, he, think about the things that are going through his head. We just came through the worst thing. He, that could he, possibly yeah. Let, let's just, let's just list it a little bit. The enterprise has been destroyed. He lost his son. Right? right. He's on a Klingon vessel that they're not really even comfortable flying. He's right. about to approach to, to head to Earth where he's going to get uh, um, he's going to get court martialed. He's going to lose his position. He's going to lose everything, basically, as, as well as his crew. Right. Um, so he is like and now he gets a message saying, do not come back here. His right. only home, the only place where he can go. Right. Know? And exactly. uh, yeah. So now this is where. Uh, where the desperation of a man with experience has to rise to the occasion to try to figure out what the hell to do. Absolutely. And, and in typical Kirk fashion, again, you know, he has that moment and it's okay. He breaks into leadership mode. Let's start. Let's, let's dissect it. Let's, you know, and sure enough, they dissect the, the, uh, the messages to break it down to whale song. Okay, next, what do we do? How do we get them? How do we figure it out? And I just love his process. And that's why he will always be my favorite captain because yeah, he just knows how to figure stuff out and get out of the situation somehow, even right. if it's the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Right? And, and that's the thing that they make it where you do believe he did it. You right. know what I mean? It's not, it's not unbelievable. You know what I mean? Right. It's not, it's, it's like he's done it before because he does it by, and a lot of it has to do with, with logic. You know, he's been around Spock mm -hmm. for a long time. So it's really 
you know, the, uh, the, the act of elimination, right? You take out different elements of stuff, right? And that's like what, what, uh, you know, if you read, uh, I read some stuff from uh, Sherlock Holmes books, right? Mm -hmm. If you take out what it's not, what you know for sure it's not, you know, and then you're left with like what it might be. Then right. What's that, that saying? If you eliminate the impossible, whatever right. is left, however probable, must be the truth. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly what he does. And he does it with such ease within that that world, you know, that you can see you're like, oh, yeah, that's of course that makes sense. That's why the film was so successful. You know, that's why it, it was so well received, not just by Star Trek lovers, but by just anyone in general. It was a really popular film. Exactly. And, I, and I, what I love about it is that you don't have to be a Star Trek uh, no, fan to, to enjoy this film. It's a fun film. It moves beautifully. Um, it's directed very, very well. And it, it, it moves beautifully, but it's there's comedy in it. There's good feeling. And this is a couple of things about it. There's one of the things is I love how even though it's a sci fi picture, it's 90 percent cast interaction. Right. You no, know, it's it's not built on special effects. It's built on the right. cast. This is the most the cast actually yeah. how to actually has to interact with each other um, mm -hmm. in funny moments, in weird moments, in, mm -hmm. in awkward moments. Yeah. You know, and you're you're you know, even in the middle of this film, you're such a fan of them and how they're figuring it out. And and, yeah. and you, you're like rooting for them to, to figure these things out. You know? Yeah. And also the, the, the another thing is despite all those challenges and everything they still keep their rank you know what i mean like mm -hmm. chaos they've they've blown up the ship they could they mm -hmm. could just be like kirk you know one of them could be like kirk you're not the captain anymore we don't even have a ship you blew it up <laughs> you know what i mean they could be like some yeah. you know it could be like a mutiny you know but mm -hmm. that never happened they always kept their they know who's the captain they know they they know their roles so well you know mm -hmm. that it makes them it makes them really work as a team to the to the best of their abilities you know what i mean it's, well they, they they bring order to chaos if you think about it absolutely. because if you think about it you're in a chaotic situation this can apply to anything mm -hmm. you're in a chaotic situation the hardest thing to do is to keep order in that chaos That's and right. to and to know the rank and file and exactly who needs to do what and, and, and that type of thing but that's how in the group setting problems get solved everybody does their part even if it's crazy and chaotic, everybody knows what to do and they do their problem to they do their their solutions and they solve the, the general problem. Right. Right. And even despite the fact that there's there's so much stuff that they have to that they've already been through, you know, they don't rely on it individually. You know, they don't rely on it. Well, I'm the one that actually flew us out of, uh, you, know, you know, Zulu Zulu is never like. Well, I'm the one that actually got us out of that play, you know, and and this guy, you know, they they don't do that. They they just it, it's the next thing. What's the next thing to move us forward, where we exactly. can continue to to move forward and and be a uh, uh, um and get to where we have to get to, um and so basically they they come up with the uh, the 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 equation right the uh, to swing around the sun. Right. And then that usually creates some time travel. It's been done before in the past. All the time. Yeah, I've done it a few times. We did it in the, in the orange Chevrolet back in the 80s <laughs> with the holes on the on the on the ground. I'd see the ground going by. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had a, yeah. I had an orange Chevy Chevette where the where the passenger side floor had rusted out. Yeah, so there's heat coming from that. And yeah, John, I, when he would ride, he I'd have to put his, my feet on the dashboard because the heat from there would just come up and burn my feet. And there was a hole. I would see the ground going by. That was but, my first uh, car. Yeah, first car. Actually, um, we'll tell a story someday about going to that concert um, yeah. in that car and what happened because that was uh, that was interesting. But um, and change that one. Right. But yeah, so we we end up you know, with, with the, the cast with, I mean, with the crew and they're going around and they actually end up in uh, 1986, uh, San Francisco where they, uh, they spotted, they have to, they're whales basically there. They, they can, they know that they're whales there. <clears throat> so it's the wonderful thing about putting people that are, you know, fish out of water kind of scenes, right? People love that. And, and this is no different, you know, they're, 200 years ahead of this civilization that they're going into right now. So 
they prob they didn't study the customs you know they didn't understand money situation because there was no the money is different it's bitcoin in Star Trek, I don't know what it is, but um, it's 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 all digital money, right? Or or it's just current, a different type of currency. It's I think it's production is what it is. Um, and there's no, they don't ride the bus. They don't. You know, it's all this stuff that they have to kind of figure out as they go. Right. And they do a lot of things. I think that this film is 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 a fun film because a lot of films that go back into time and stuff. They're always worried about like, well, if we change this, it's going to change, change that. And, then, you know, Back to the Future was all based on that, right? Which I, I love Back to the Future series. But this film took a lot of liberties with that. Right. Just saying like, let's just do it. All right. Whatever happens in the future, we don't care. Let's exactly just do like it. That. That? <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, exactly that. like that. <laughs> that's how you said it. Um, and, you know, and that's what they did. They basically went in and they, they met people. They told uh, uh, Jillian, right, um, played by, let me get her name here because she was wonderful. I loved her. Catherine uh, Hicks. Yeah, Catherine Hicks uh, played Jillian, who was uh, a whale keeper in, uh, in a whale store. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Oh, the aquarium. I couldn't think of aquarium. Um, so it's a whale store, basically. You just can't buy the whales. You can just you can watch the whales. It's a whale watching store. So yeah, so they went there and go ahead, George. You, you so yeah, so they go there, they meet Jillian. Um, just as an aside, Jillian, uh Catherine Hiss, the actress, by the way, didn't uh knew nothing about Star Trek and purposely did not watch Star Trek. Ah, remember we talked she, about that? Yes, she was we she purposely did that because she she wanted to be main, remain fresh in the role like she didn't yeah. know these people she didn't know and she and she played it beautifully because she i mean she literally comes across as like Not you know what's like, going on what what is going on and who yeah. are you and why are you you know swimming in my tank right you know? <laughs> <laughs> i i love the scene when when he sees spock for the first time and he's like <laughs> that is the best He's like, best. what is Absolutely. he doing? I love that scene. Uh, very funny. Let's uh, let's acknowledge some people here uh, that are sending us some message. So Frank Maglio says, I bet they crapped their pants when they hit that ship with the harpoon. Yeah, that scene. With the, yes. Yes. I love that scene when they're like. That's a great, <laughs> I love that. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I know. I love that scene. Uh, Linda Berman says, I have to read them. Pretty well. I know Linda. What's up, Linda? Hi, Linda. How are you? Uh, well, of course, Trekkies will love it. Because, hey, they found Spock, but also because the whales were so astonishing and they really hit home what uh, about what fools we are being with nature. Absolutely right. Absolutely, Absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. Rusted out floorboard. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a guy thing because my dad and my husband's car had <laughs> cars like that in their teens. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It was yeah, it's, that was a, it's not something I like to talk about too much. Yeah. Poor John was the victim of that. Yeah, I'm, but, uh, <laughs> but luckily I'm short, so it was okay to put my feet on the. If I was like a tall dude, it'd be a uh, painful. But by the way, speaking about whales, um, I got a chance to actually see whales in person. Um, I went when I was a kid. We went whale watching. Uh, I forget where it was. Um, my mother took me at whale the whale store. Too. At the whale store. And we went out on a boat and the whales actually came and they went under the boat and everything. It was the most amazing thing. That's so incredible. And, I've never seen, I, I mean, I've seen whales in like aquariums, but never. Right. Yeah. But that's so And cool. it was, it was awesome. And I, I kind of fell in love with whales at that, at that point yeah, in yeah. my life. I've always had a thing for whales when I see yeah. them. And that's one of the reasons I love this movie because it sends, a, and as Star Trek does, sends a message, right? Right. It, it was sending a message here it's sending an environmental message as well so it was just kind of a perfect storm for me that's why i really especially that these animals are so docile you know what i mean they're just loving they're actually very just chilled out and they're huge you know and yes. you think about my gosh they're that's so beautiful they're so beautiful you know and i have i you know i went to uh, orlando for some something and um we went to the the whale store and they had this huge giant whale tank and these they, they were just so gorgeous and we saw of course dolphins and we saw some other uh, uh klingon things um but it was like incredible and i i just I, you're right it's it's when you see them they're just so beautiful and to think that that a per <laughs> you know humanity sometimes is just so disappointing i mean we have so much abilities and so much 
possibilities of making this planet the most incredible place in the universe. And unfortunately, there are people out there whose job is it to destroy something that's beautiful, right? Yep. That's what that's, that's the tragedy of it. And this this film really come you know really hits home and you know literally hits earth with a message of like saving these animals you know and and but not just saving whales but just respecting the planet you know what i mean yes there is survival and there is you know people you know the whatever the the but a survival of the fittest and things like that and you know the the what do you call it the the nature um the oh, uh, darwin Dar darwinian theory well, no, not that. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, not that. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was just going to say like circle of life, right? Circle and, of life. Okay. And, and things like that. You know, I understand that element of it. You know what I mean? So, you know, there are people, I'm not knocking people who eat meat. I still do that as well. You know what I mean? But there's not a, a, a lot of people out there that are purposely going out and killing these beautiful animals in our in our oceans and in our you know and, and so the, the message is really telling us that when you do this you are destroying your own future correct right because look at how we're doing with the bees and and all this stuff right so now things aren't getting pollinated so things aren't growing right and our own food supply is being like uh, sabotaged and it just it it's it's all really you know it's all really in this film as far as like letting you know that this is the future Th they would have been killed had they not have the time travel and and kirk and come back and get the whales and they basically beamed up two whales into their ship they created this huge uh, tank uh 400 uh, pound uh, tons or whatever it was <clears throat> and they were able to actually bring them back to uh to earth um to the present uh, to their present time 23rd century and save humanity because then they were able to talk to the probe and be like yo man your thing that you got is messing up their their uh, signal they can't watch netflix they can't watch hulu they can't watch nothing they can't even get online to send a simple email yo get out and the thing was like <laughs> <laughs> And then it just left. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. I like that. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, as a, another quick aside, that the noise you hear as the probe was actually a baby's sonogram heartbeat that was slowed down. Really? And put, and put through a filter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Little, just that. little fun facts that you. No, know, I love those. I love, things, I love, I love fun facts like that. That's yeah. what it's all about. So, um. Sean Manuel says, I hop on one and we're on dirt. <laughs> yeah, this show gets deep. We've gotten very sophisticated. We're going to Darwinian theories now. Um, it's sad that they keep whales in whale stores. I worked in New York. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I've created the whale store. So, whale store. So at the end of the, of this film, um, I wanna I wanna just address one thing about about poor Kirk because this is a guy who you would think he gets the girl right. I mean, he always he's you know this 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 is, this is James T. Kirk right, Tiberius, and he's always getting the girl right, and he's a good looking dude. He's a captain of a starship, and yet at the end of almost everything. <laughs> He ends up with no one. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. And so uh, they they bring Jillian. She she tricks them. There was a, there was one scene that troubled me. In what? I'll tell you what scene troubled me. And it wasn't a major thing, but it was something that that I, I thought at the end they they shouldn't. Anyway, they get to to the to the ship, right? They get to the they're running, right? They're getting they got the whales and stuff like that. And she wants to say, I want to come with you. There's nothing for me here, right? Remember? Mm -hmm. And the, the door is open of the ship. So they all run in. And then Kirk goes, beam me in, beam me up. He could have run in. The door was open. So they close <laughs> the door for some reason. And then right. when she goes to beam, he she jumps on, on him. Right. And she's like, surprise. And they both got beamed up. And he's like, you tricked me. So 
there was a little bit of a I thought of a blocking issue that they could have maybe they couldn't figure out how to get her on the ship. And, you know, I, I think they I, I don't know. I just felt that that made me a little bit think like, well, wait a minute. The, the door was open and they all ran into the ship. Why well, I think it would have been a little bit anticlimactic if he would have turned around and walked and she would have ran past him <laughs> and jumped into the ship. Right, what I mean, he's walking on the ship. He's walking into the ship. All of a sudden, like she runs right by him. You know, I mean, right, right. I know. But I think that she, you know what? I think she could have done something like that because remember, they were pressed for time. They didn't have time. They had to go get these whales before these these whale killers go out there, right? So they and they right. got released. So they had their signatures, right? They had their uh, the uh, their tracking devices, right? Their right. GPSs that are attached to the whales. Whales, and so they as they, as they went to uh to. They had only a certain amount of time to find the frequency before it gets lost into the ocean. And then there's, you know, a bunch of whalers out there, too. <clears throat> so I think that if she would have run in or something or done some some other distracting where they didn't have time, you, you know, even Scotty could, have, you know, we, we you know we have to go now. Or we cannot, you know, we have to go now. And they would have just done something like that. Then it'd be like, all right, let's just go. And then, she, you know, she would have stayed. But I thought that that was a little bit uh, forced is what I'm what I'm saying. Yeah, I, it didn't I, bother I think me that that much but as i've seen the film like a lot of times i right. think about that one scene and i'm like why why did why did they close the door on kirk and then left him outside maybe they thought he went in <laughs> they thought he was already in <laughs> they thought, he's like they the thought, captain they're like looking back they're like where's the captain maybe, i mean you never know they could have been like all right ready to go wait a minute where's the captain <laughs> you know i mean i mean i don't know captain, we're just trying to get into the head of the crew yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, sometimes when you're making films, sometimes you have to find a solution for something that shouldn't be that big of a deal, but is an important part. Right. How you do it is is not so so important as it getting done. True. You see what I'm saying? So, like, how they did it, they didn't really focus on they they needed to get her on that ship, you know, and and take her, you know. But then you start thinking about time in the timeline and being disturbing i mean we don't know if this woman would have met a man and gotten married and her son would have created some special thing that would have saved you know so now she's in the 23rd century right she her whole life is just nobody knows where she went now you know in the 21st century right or she could probably go back and research her oh there's a nice interesting story the story of jillian Ah, that's really right? good because after a while, you 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 never hear about her again. You have no idea what happened to her. She just she was on a the last thing you know, she was on a science vessel. She was going on a science and vessel, and she's got three, and she said she got two hundred years. Never, she never called Kirk. No, she never you know, called Kirk. She never called him. She you know she just said I'll see you around, and that was it. Yeah, and he was you like, know, like I, you know, he's like, what? upset about that. I thought yeah. I was upset too. I was like thinking, like, I was like, at least, I mean, could you at least go on a date with the man? Right. I mean, right. That was my whole point. She could have at least said, "Well, why don't we meet for dinner?" And he'd be like, "All right," you know. And that wouldn't have changed anything. It would. You would have thought, "Oh, maybe there's something there. Maybe something would happen." But no, they just they said no. And he's like, "She's like, I'll see you around." He goes, "Well, how would I find you?" She's like, "Don't worry, I'll find you." Find you. And right. she and she leaves. And I'm like, "But I like you, Jillian." Anyway, this is um, why this is why to me this is not the best film. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <clears throat> All right. Well, wait a second, Linda Berman. But you know the prime directive forbids them from interfering. You're right. So even though they were, oh, uh, uh, George has something on this. Oh, they, uh, you were agreeing? No, with no, that? no. I was just saying. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So I thought you were saying no, nope, not necessarily. <laughs> so, I'll find a loophole in there. It actually states. Um, so even though they were clear with the whales because of the probe, yeah, they really shouldn't have been able to bring her. Yeah, which is why she jumped Kirk. Right. <laughs> the real thing is that she didn't send her. That they, they didn't. They send didn't her back. send her back. Yeah, they didn't send her back. Yeah, because they should have sent her back, and they could have sent her back by beaming her back. But she had no. All right. But she had no one. I mean, she said she has no one. But I mean, that's it was basically... She's got her time, her life, her moments in that in that time in the twentieth century. You know what I mean? She is there. So tomorrow she could have gone to work, and the guy that she slapped would have called her up and been like, "I'm so sorry. Let's have lunch." And 
I'm sorry. Why can't we? You yeah, know what I mean? That happens all the time when you get slapped and then you ask them out for lunch the next day. I mean, really? Well, because he knew he was wrong. Oh, that's true. Remember, he messed up, right? He didn't yeah, tell her yeah. that the whales were being taken away, right? So, Jesus, she true. was totally pissed, so, and, and rightfully so. Um, she loved George and Gracie. So the fact that uh, that this whole uh, that whole thing happened, you start thinking about it. not only that, but how about Scotty giving the recipe, the equation yes, to yes. that dude for the, the manufacturer of right. the transparent aluminum? Right. To, that, to that, see, that to me was a big deal because you know. Well, now Bone says, "How do how do we know he didn't invent the thing?" Right? Which is, but, but you're, you know, you, you know, know how you know he didn't invent the thing. He didn't invent the thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's how you know it. He did not invent the thing. You can say you know that. What? I'm going to find out if he did or not. <laughs> and that's going to be a trivia question for next week. Yeah. <laughs> Who invented <laughs> You know, I don't know. I, the Berman, though. Good point. <laughs> I mean, I think those were the, the two. Uh, I mean, those are big enough, obviously. Yeah. Um, two things that they, the prime directive was just like, forget it. Never mind. Let's just go, you know, and I think those were kind of big, you know. No, I agree. I, you know, I, mean, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. sense. The aluminum thing, you know, he worked in that field, right? right? He worked in that field. So it was just another, uh, you know, periodic element table chemicals equation that Scotty gave <laughs> him of the of these, you know, elements coming together to create this thing, right? right. Totally possible that the guy who works in that industry is the guy that found it. You know what I mean? Totally possible, right? Sure. So it's not that much of a crazy of a crazy thing to to leave there, you know? Now the poor guy who has been busting his butt somewhere in the world trying to make that or trying to work on that, then that poor guy is uh, you know, is uh he's SOL. Whatever. He's he's yeah, he's what is that? Uh crap out of luck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that C O L? I well, that, I'm, I'm cleaning it up for the show. Oh, oh crap. I, I get the word. I, I know what you said. John, take off that hat. It's squeezing your brain. Uh, jokes on you. There is nothing in there. Aha. Now we get down to it. So at the, uh, but anyway, so at the end of, at the end of the uh, movie, they come back to San Francisco, right? They, they come back to their time. They, uh, the ship crashes into the ocean. And the whales are going to drown, right? So, right, because remember the the probe is still there. So when they correct. enter the atmosphere again, their ship loses power and they have no control over it. So they have to try to layer down into right. the ocean. So <laughs> my boy Kirk again says, "I'm going to go down. I'm going to swim under the water, and I'm going to let those whales out." Yeah, because they'll drown. drown. They're inside. Exactly, because they'll drown. So as he goes down, he swims under the water. His hair is flowing, and it actually stays there because the toupee doesn't go flying off. And he, <laughs> and he, and he ends up opening the doors for the whales, and he brings the whales out. And then this is when what you were talking about before, the whales actually talk to the probe and say, get the... Exactly. And I love when they show the scenes of them jumping and at the yeah, end. That, that is awesome. That, that is, is so awesome. That, I, I love, love that. that. that that's a great scene. So, so this is this is um Star Trek four and Leonard Nimoy directed Star Trek three and he directed Star Trek four, two very successful films. You gotta wonder why he didn't direct Star Trek five, which we will he discuss. Have. He should have. Now here's just a little little thing about this film again, because I, I uh, again, it's probably my maybe third favorite film in the series, but um, I love it. What's your again, favorite? Oh, Wrath of Khan. Oh yeah, I don't know. Wrath of that, Khan. That would be... I don't think I don't think they've gotten better than Wrath. No, nah, you're right. Opinion. You're right. So, but um, <clears throat> but it's such a fun. Again, it's a fun, lighthearted film, and 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 the, they did it purposely because they're coming some from such serious films, right? The last two were so serious. Mm -hmm. They wanted to make a lighthearted, and you know, one thing I wanted to mention, I think this is one of the things that's missing now. If you look at the films that are out now, especially the ones that are nominated for the Academy Awards, they're so serious, right? Okay, I mean. I mean, it's really hard now to find a good comedy or a good lighthearted film. They're, they're, I mean, I, and I get the whole thing of, yes, we want to make you think. 
and all that. I get that. You mean Star Trek I mean, films in general? Or you no, mean- no, no, just films in general. I'm just talking films. about like the right, films right, that right. are out today, right? Right. I get the whole thing about them wanting to make you think. Like, like I was saying, you don't see too many films like this anymore. Right. So, because they're now they're so serious and so dramatic. Right. I mean, and this you is know, I, listen, you think, I, I'm, but I'm, with fun. Exactly, and that and that's what I like about it. Because I, I mean, I don't want to. I have to go to the movies constantly and get depressed and then, you know, want to come home and take a bath with my toaster. I mean, I, you know, I, <laughs> I want like a, I want something lighthearted that's going to make, you know, just let me go into an adventure and laugh and have a good time. So right. that's one of the reasons I really love this film. You know? Yeah. Um, I do want to acknowledge one comment that Frank Maglio said that I think actually is, is a good point. Actually, the future would need a person like Jillian because she knew about whales. Aha, you see, nice. that kind of steals it, right? Because <laughs> you want, start thinking, um, everybody wants to showcase it's that the they point. are politically correct. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know that's the new films now, that's what they are doing. See, this was like, I mean, was this politically correct? I don't know. I mean, it, it was just, but it was done in a fun way where you didn't feel yes. like they were being you were being preached, you exactly. know, nobody was preaching to you, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jillian was needed in the future because now you have two whales. You got to figure out now they have to procreate. They have to and they have to now populate the planet again with whales, which is going to take probably hundreds of years to right. to really get them, you know, you know, then there'll be too many whales and then it'll be like no water. They'll be all like this. <laughs> oh, where's the probe? Um, so that's like, you know, that's that's uh, somebody something that's needed, which I never think about. All right. So. There, there you have it. That was Star Trek for the voyage home. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We still have some more, so don't go away because we're going to do our drawing in a little bit. And uh, then we're going to do a top 10 films. Let's do that first, actually. Um, yeah, so, so just top 10 really films quick, was it? 1986, right? This was, top, this was the top 10 films that were out in 1986. When this okay. um, so these are the films that Star Trek Four had to compete with. Oh boy! All right, so um, those of Por- you who were around Porky's in 1986, just like I was, huh? Porky's too. Porky's too. Um, I don't know if that was 86, but um, I love uh, we got to check that one. But yeah. that's next week. <laughs> All right. So um, number one was Top Gun. Oh man! Jeez. How are you going to compete with that? Right. Number two was Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> I remember that knife. That's not a knife. That's a that's knife. A knife. Um, number three was the Karate Kid Part Two. Eh, not as good as the first one, but you know. Yeah. Number four was Back to School. Ah, was, Rodney. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, right? Yeah, well, that was a great film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna try number to do imitation, but I, I'll pass. <laughs> Please. Um, number five was Aliens. Ah, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Number six was Star Trek: For the Voyage Home. Okay. Number seven, the color purple. Ah, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah. And, oh, that's right. I forgot Oprah was in that. Um, number eight was Ruthless hey, People. Ruthless People. Who was in that? That does not really ring a bell. I, I remember I, I the movie, the film, but, I but I don't remember who was in it. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not sure. Um, number nine, classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ah. That was classic. Classic film. And number 10, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> that was a, a popular one. So wow. imagine, those are the ones that Star Trek had to compete with in that year. Wow. So Ruthless People, 1986. Bette Midler, Danny DeVito, Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold, yes. Yeah. I was just classic. watching him the other day in Beverly Hills Cop. Ah, yeah, great. He was great in that. But, oh, so, and, and, oh uh, another quick fact before we go before we go um the Jillian was uh slated to be in the film also slated to be in the film and he ended up not appearing because he turned down the role Eddie Murphy in what film Star Trek for the voyage home no uh, there was a part written for him this was fresh off Beverly Hills cop that he was going to be in the film with Jillian as a uh as a, a professor of a um, like a college professor and him and Jillian were going to have more prominent roles and they both were going to help the crew get to the whales and do all oh, that. I could, I could, I could have totally see that. I, I would have been great. 
I, I, I mean, it would have taken in a different direction because Eddie, remember, he's humongous at that point. Right, exactly. You know I mean, he's humongous. Yeah. So it, it would become not a Star Trek film. It would become an Eddie Murphy film. Right, exactly. And I think they, they I think worried about I think Par Paramount worried about that. And that was one yeah. of the reservations they had. He ended yeah. up regretting yeah. it later. He said he would have loved to do it, but yeah. I just thought that would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been fun if he would have, uh, I don't know who his people were at that point, obviously, but um, if they would have said, you know, it's just not, not a big role, Eddie, but I think it's a good thing for you to do because he's leading all these films now and he's, he's you know, but he, it would have been a good thing to, to see that. Oh, that's okay. cool. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, the time has come where we're going to do our drawing. We're going to, we're going to see who wins the pins, who wins the pins. I'm like Eminem over here. I'm rapping like a mofo. All right. So everyone is, uh, that's messaged me and said they want to be in has put their thing in here. I'm getting dizzy. Hold on. You're right there. Yeah. I just want to make sure I shake it up. Shake it up. All right. Here we go. Don't cheat. <laughs> John put his name in there like six times. <laughs> John Henry. William Shatner. <laughs> Winner is David Guzone. Hey. Dun, 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 dun. Awesome. Right. Congratulations, David. Congratulations, David. Cool. So there you have it. I will get those out to Mr. Guzon and uh, the two awesome pins. These are so nice. I'm going to see if he... No, no. He no? All right. All right. But that's our show for today, for tonight. Uh, no, it is not. It. We have a trivia question. Oh, yes. We have a trivia question. Thank God. See, that's why there's two of us. Me by myself. I'm telling you, it's the hat. All right. So <laughs> congrats, David. Yes. Thank you. People are congratulating David. Good job, sir. David. Oh, yes. See? All right. Nice. See, All right. It's a cool, cool little community we got here. I love you guys. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate uh, everybody. Absolutely. All right, guys. So here it is. Yes. The trivia question was, how many times in the Star Trek films, all the films together, was the Enterprise completely destroyed? And I only remember one. That's pretty sad. <laughs> but said, well, it can't be more than I. I would think I would have heard it. And we're talking about movies only, right? Movies. This is all just the movies, like I'm including even I'm including even the new movies, <laughs> right? Not not animated or novels. No, no animation, no episodes, no nothing. Just feature films. Just feature films. All right. Um, I don't know. But but wait a minute. If you tell me a couple, you want to give me a guess? No, because I have no clue. Okay. All right. Well, the answer is three times. Three? I thought it was going to be two. I, three times? And I, I only got one out of three. Okay. So, obviously, the first one was Search for Spock, which we did last week. We all know. The, the Enterprise was also completely destroyed in the first Generations uh, movie. Wasn't that the one with which Picard? is the one with Picard and Kirk? Ah. Correct, where the Enterprise crashed into the planet, uh, and part of it exploded, and the other part crashed into the planet. And the third that. one was in the new film, which was the last Star Trek movie, Star Trek Beyond, where the Enterprise oh, okay. was destroyed by all these little things. I don't right, know right, right. And then they ended up getting marooned on the planet. I didn't even see that. Well, you know, I've that's, seen it, but I didn't know that. I, really. That was like the whole plot of the movie. I know. I don't know what film you were watching. I don't know. What were those old monkeys in there? Oh, that no, was Planet of the Apes. I thought, see, I got confused. All right. So, I uh, listen, when it comes to trivia, stuff like that, I'm just like not good. I'm good at the actors that are in movies and maybe who directed them and who's the lighting. <laughs> I don't know. Who did lighting? <laughs> but... I don't know uh, the trivia part like that is, you know, but that's great. Cool. Thank you. Great trivia question, George. Thank you very much. Um, all right, folks, we're approaching uh, the one hour. want to thank everybody for tuning in. You guys are so awesome. Uh, we appreciate the support. Um, we do, like I said, we do have a new uh, merch site. It's right here on the screen. It's counterpartsmerch.com. You can actually go there and support us and support the channel and support future episodes. Uh, get yourself a t-shirt. There's some nice hoodies. There's a mug. 
a bunch of cool stuff. The logo is right there. You can check it out. And we're going to be coming up with more stuff and more more uh, cool uh, merchandise as well in the future. So, But thank you, everybody, so much. God bless you all. I will see you all next week, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. and uh, Eastern Standard Time. And we'll see you then. And rock on. Thank you very much. And as always, folks, peace.